The PWC Network. What the world is watching and listening to. Professional wrestling podcasting in the world. We're gonna put butts in seats 
and ears to the streets. And now, here your host, Jimmy T and Chris the Welcome to the PwC Presents. Uh, you're listening to a, a review of AEW's Revolution. And uh, yeah, Jimmy, it's uh, it's Sunday night. And you know what that means. Um, apparently, yeah. it's time for JR to forget what city he's in, which was great to start off the show. <laughs> what did he say? Because I, I think I missed it, man. He does the whole, that's Sunday night. And you know what that means. Oh. It's time for AEW Presents. Uh, revolution. We're here live in uh, uh, what city are we in, Tony? <laughs> Not kidding. That's what happened. Oh my god. Not kidding. What city are we in? <laughs> We're in Orlando, Jim. Ah, in Orlando. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good old Jr. Man, you gotta love him. But yeah, that's right. I'm Jimmy T, and Chris, we've got you back, bro. Finally, we you're I'm back. back, man. You're I'm back. back. I did the I, I did the big league thing, you know. I uh, I waited until the pay per view to make my return. Nice. So <laughs> there's that. Um, yeah, man. I'm. I, it's me. It's uh, Chris Brands. That's A M B S, like lambs with Noel or bullshit. First thing in the morning. I am back. I am alive. I have survived COVID. Um, I'm still not at like a hundred percent. Um, for instance, I'm, I'm sitting here, I'm, I'm, I'm still drinking Dr. Pepper just for the caffeine because I can't taste anything. Uh, but other than that, I'm pretty much back to a hundred percent. So yeah, I'm, I'm back and, uh, I'm happy that everybody was able to sort of hold down the fort while I was gone. And thank you to everybody who, who helped chip in and everything. And yeah. And, uh, and so here I am back for AEW revolution and kind of wishing I had waited another week. So is this like the comeback of Jordan with his number 45, dude? Uh, yeah, it's definitely, it's like the comeback of Jordan, um, <laughs> only after he went back from 45, he, you know, wow. there was, he's, yeah. he's back as 23 now, Mr. AMB is 23. That's the, right. The double OGs of the PWC are back at it once again. And I'm glad to say, dude. I know we're talking a bit off off the air, and I've, apparently you found the show not quite up to the hype. I felt it was okay, but I must admit I started falling asleep around the women's match, dude. Actually, I did fall asleep during the match between Thunder Rosa and uh, Big Baker. Uh yeah, that was a that was a really bad matchup, but okay. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll get into the pay-per-view. Um, but just because I haven't had a chance to say anything about it yet. Um, Slava Ukraini, um, <laughs> which means glory to the Ukraine. Ukraine. Um, yeah. Um, oh yeah. And, uh, Tony Khan bought ring of honor. Uh, oh, that's right. That was the yeah. news of the week. Actually, Chris, before we get into revolution, I actually do want to get your take on TK buying ROH. What do you think, dude? 
I think basically this is a lot of like what I was mentioning when we when we did the extra about Cody um, leaving AEW. <laughs> um, if you remember back to it, I said like I don't know. I kind of just feel like what's going to happen, or what would be an interesting thing to happen at least, would be if Cody were to go and start his own company somewhere, and for them to create like a you know create um, competition between whatever Cody's doing and whatever TK is doing in AEW. And I wasn't sure exactly where they were going to go with it, but it seems more and more to me like that's what's lining up here, that ROH is going to be run as like a separate entity from AEW. And um, hopefully that's what they do. It's definitely the most interesting thing they could do. And I still, until I see Cody on WWE TV, do not believe he's going to WWE. Well, I'm proud to report that I actually called this exact scenario, I believe, on Uncaged and on the blow-off. I did say it's either Ring of, it's either TK's buying Ring of Honor or he's going to announce a super show. And I guess he bought Ring of Honor. Now, do you think it's true that he paid between 30 and 50 mil? Uh, yeah, I, I saw between uh, 20 and 30 million. Um <clears throat> That's what things cost nowadays in the corporate world. Um, you know, people people online have pointed to the whole WCW only cost six million. Um, yeah, that's true, but WCW would have been a lot. It would have been worth a lot more today. Like if there oh, was such definitely. a thing as WCW around right now, and it went out of business, there's no way anybody would be getting that for six million dollars. So no way. Uh, Different times, uh, different situations. Um, you know, I, I it's like, uh, you know what it kind of reminds me of is like uh, the Winnipeg Jets um, during their initial run in the NHL, they left the Before city they of got booted out? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they, they left the city of Winnipeg and they left because, I mean, there was a lot of factors, but a big part of it was the Canadian dollar was so low that they That's basically true. couldn't afford you know, by making Canadian dollars at the home games and then trying to pay everybody in U.S. dollars, which is what the NHL contracts were all about, it became pretty much untenable for the city of Winnipeg. And when when the city got its team back, there were a lot of people who were like, oh, but aren't, you know, they're just going to run into the same problems because people had developed this understanding that, you know, the Jets had trouble drawing and they never did. They never had trouble getting people into the arena. Um, but that was sort of what people had remembered. So a lot of times when we look back on things that happened 20 years ago, uh, we have these, you know, rose tinted glasses where we think we remember what things were going on. And we really don't. WCW was basically worthless when, uh, when Vince bought it. So. But was it really? And and just quietly, uh, let's forget about WCW anyway. I did watch the Winnipeg Jets documentary on YouTube a few years back about why they they weren't in the city of Winnipeg anymore. I'm glad they're back now. But yeah, that's actually an interesting thing. I wanted to ask you, I asked Jago this, but I guess from an American's perspective, it's not the same as asking a Canadian. Um, say, like with Toronto Raptors and like, all the Canadian NHL teams as well. Do they all trade in American dollars or Canadian dollars? Like, do they have to pay more for player contracts compared to the American teams? They pay in American dollars. Everybody who gets paid gets paid in American funds. Um, and another thing that sort of happens sometimes and what makes things difficult too, um, like I'm sure that you've seen this in the NBA, 
teams in places like Florida and Texas generally have a better time of attracting free agents because of the tax, right? Yeah, exactly. People have this understanding that, oh, it's too cold in Canada. That's not what it is. Nobody cares how cold it is when you're a hockey player. That's not a thing. Yeah, exactly. Um, People (laughs) don't want to play in a place where they have to pay 60% tax if they can go to Florida and pay literally 0% in income tax. So that's true. That's true. But let's get into the wrestling, dude. I mean, we came from Orlando, Florida. Apparently, like you said, JR forgot where he was, but it is what it is. Good old JR. We still love him. But man, this was a weird yeah. show. <laughs> like, I don't, well, let's, there was let's a lot of up and downs, dude. It was like this. Yeah, well, and listen, I didn't, uh, I didn't watch the, uh, uh, what it's like, what do they call it, the kickoff? I that was I, great, Chris. I'm not gonna lie, that was probably the best kickoff show in pro wrestling history. I'm not lying. I'm, I, I did say mean that. I wow. truly mean that. Absolutely, it was actually there was a lot of storyline involved. So since you never watched it, I just want to touch on. We had the return yeah. of Kenny, well, Don Callis, tonight. You, you yeah. I mean, first you hear Kenny's music, everyone was going bananas in the crowd. I thought, oh, shit, I called it. Kenny's back, blah, blah, blah. And then Don Callis came out, and boy, did the fans turn. I mean, I mean, they went from excited, even me, dude, I was like, yeah, Kenny's back. And then it was like, oh, you cocksucker. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's how the fans felt. And, I mean, they turned, and that was savages. They were telling him to shut the fuck up. I mean, but he said the best wrestler on the planet is Kenny by God Omega. No, got to agree. I think he will get his title back one way or the other. Don't be surprised if we see Kenny very shortly. Well, that's good. Um, I, I'm glad he's on his way back because he's a big star. And, um, you know, I, honestly, he makes the show more interesting. I'm, I feel like it's more worth watching when Kenny Omega's around. Absolutely. I mean, you know how I feel about Kenny. And he's Canadian, dude. He's from Winnipeg. Come on, Chris. It's a Winnipeg boy. That's right. <laughs> Let's get into Kenny, bro. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, what else happened on the on the kickoff show? Well, we also had Layla Hirsch against, um, or should I say legit Layla Hirsch, against everyone's favorite alien who's not really an alien. What? And yeah. Can, can you believe that? Statlander is not really an alien. But anyway... Layla Hirsch wins the match, which I felt she was going to win. So I'm happy about that. I'm not going to go into depth about the matches in total depth. I don't even have my notes in front of me. But after that, probably the match of the night, we had the, what do you call it? Uh, Jesus. Team Black. Malachi Black's friggin'. uh, The House of the Black Throne or something. House of Black. Yeah. I'm doing a JR. It must be a gym thing. But the, the house black of black house of the throne of darkness of Skeletor, <laughs> I... yeah, or well, He-Man's of Black Skeletor's uh, packed black. I mean, we had Penta Oscuro, Obscuro, Obscure, like Jeff likes to say. Uh, <laughs> and uh, look, man, this match was great. The House of Black get the win in the end. Buddy Murphy or Buddy Matthews, whatever you want to call him, the Bret Hart of Australian pro wrestling, he killed it, man. And he looked great in this match. I mean, all of them looked great. but uh, And at least this time, Eric Redbeard got an actual pop. Oh, that's good. No, yeah. that's good. I'm, I'm 
happy. Funny enough. I'm happy too. Good on him. But yeah, that's about it, man. But there was a lot of... It felt like an episode of Rampage in many ways. Okay. Well, it sounds like a pretty good episode of Rampage. So It was. Good. It actually was. Right on. Well, maybe I would have had a better night if I would have watched the kickoff then or whatever. What do they call it again? It's like the... The pre-show? <laughs> yeah, okay. No, so I think it, I think it is the kickoff show. I don't know, man. It's it's all about propaganda, AEW propaganda to order the damn pay-per-view <laughs> anyway. I mean, let's be right. honest. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much what it is. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, let's get into the show. We kick it off with uh, Judas playing, which, um, you know, was fine, uh, I guess. Some people were singing and uh, Chris Jericho looked kind of serious. He was coming to the ring. He didn't seem to be smiling or laughing. It was uh, it was I need to win this match. Chris Jericho. <laughs> um, Eddie Kingston comes out. Uh, Eddie starts off the match with a half and half suplex. Uh, Jericho starts selling right away. They trade shots, eye pokes, um, etc. Okay, I, I'm I'm distracted already, and I was super distracted during this match. Is Eddie <laughs> Kingston fatter than he used to be? Did he gain weight? You know what? I was thinking the same thing, dude. Especially if you look at his older stuff, right? I mean. If you see his older stuff, man, he was actually in, in a lot more better shape than people give him credit for. But right now, he's just a fat shit, bro. Like, legitimately, like, he <laughs> just looks like a fat guy. Um, he's just a fat guy, bro. As a matter of fact, 52-year-old whatever, he could be 55, or who knows, Chris Jericho is much more fitter. I'm, I'm being serious, man. He hardly oh, yeah. broke a sweat. He's much more fitter than actually Eddie Kingston is. It looked like Jericho gave Eddie Kingston all of his extra fat. Like he just <laughs> he just hauled it all up and was like, "Here, Eddie." And Eddie was like, "All right, cool, yeah, oh, oh, <laughs> I'll put this on." But to Jericho's credit, he pulled out all the stops tonight. We got a lot of old school Jericho, and Jericho made Kingston look like a million bucks, bro. Oh yeah, I thought this was I, like I like it was a it was an interesting opening match because I felt like. There was more heat to this that they Absolutely, could have started with something else. Oh, for um, sure. Uh, and the match was a little sluggish, um, but I'm not going to complain too much. Eddie Kingston isn't a five-star wrestling, you know, classic Machine. guy. Oh, yeah. yeah, and Chris Jericho legitimately was for a very long time, but he's in his, you know, early 50s at this point. Um at one point, Excalibur was going on and on about some Japanese guys that absolutely nobody knows anything about. And JR just was like, I I'm, I'm not sure if Eddie Kingston was terribly influenced by Japanese pro wrestling, which <laughs> actually you know, he was. He actually no, was in Japan. Right. I know. But his style and his character doesn't give that off. Well, you know, if, if you he, watch the old different guy. Well, yeah, if guy from from New York, that's his character. Well, so, I mean, if you're trying to if you're trying to give off this whole like, oh, he's, he's into the Japanese wrestling. I mean, he's even the, he's even the guy saying, like, let's not kill kayfabe guys. What's a right. Promo? But hold on a minute. His favorite Japanese wrestler was Anita. Anita was the founder of FMW. Right. And FMW, basically, ECW got their ideas from that promotion. FMW was known as the hardcore like fed and uh i mean it makes sense look at look at eddie kingston i mean he's he would have 
perfectly. I mean, Mick Foley came out of there. Terry Funk came out of there. Mike Awesome, Tanaka, you name it. There was a lot of great wrestlers that came from there, but it was all hardcore style. And uh, so, yeah, that's what type of Japanese wrestling he was actually into. Right on. Well, that's uh, that's real Nita. Yeah, it is what it is. Uh. I mean, or Ita. Ita is a Greek Ita. letter, actually. Ita. Ita. Yeah. Just like, uh, <laughs> just like all the other Greek letters that people think are scary or whatever. Yeah. Like, absolutely. Like Omicron. Omicron. <laughs> just all saying. right. Um, Eddie lands a couple of back fists and ends the match with a plum stretch. Um, that looked kind of brutal and tacky at the same time, bro. Yeah, I didn't like it. I didn't like it at all. I mean, really? <laughs> like. Yeah. I mean, do you know what I'm saying, bro? The, the it was problem, more like this. Yeah, well, you know what one of the problems is, though, dude, is like the sprinkler. you and me, and I feel like a lot of people who watch wrestling now have had lots of time to watch MMA or get right, involved right. in MMA, right? Like, I've rolled with people before. I've actually done jiu-jitsu training. So, like, when you see a submission that just is not painful at all, and they're trying to make it look like, oh, he's really taking his arm off. And with this move, you're just like, no, he's not. He, this doesn't even hurt. What, what the and fuck and am that's I what was doing my heading, dude, because although I can suspend my disbelief, I couldn't help it by laughing by the way he was bending the arm. And it looked like it came across like the sprinkler, dude. He was doing yeah. one of these ones. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah. Like, what the fuck, man? And then he gets the win. Like, really? Like, that was a bit uneventful. Otherwise, it was a great match, dude. I mean, really, it, it was a great match. I mean, the thing is, Kingston's very limited, right, in terms of his in-ring shit, right? Sure, everyone can do suplexes, and both of them bloody dropped themselves on, on their heads. I mean, Jericho landed straight on his friggin' head. Then Jericho done a German suplex, I think it was, and Kingston landed on his head. I mean, shit, man. These two guys were hitting each other. And some of those code breakers looked absolutely mean, dude. Yeah, and you know, honestly, like, Jericho's not the guy to put Kingston in the ring with. Right, um, but he can adapt, though. That's what makes Jericho so great. Oh, he's a fan. Listen, he's fantastic for what he is, but he is still a 50-something-year-old pro wrestler. That's right. That's true. You know, you need somebody who can who can up the pace, and then just kind of let Kingston sell for a while and then come back out of nowhere kind of thing. That's sort of the where where Kingston's like, you know, where his comfort level is, is basically like selling a lot, facials, comebacks. Like that's where you get the most out of Eddie Kingston. And if you have to also go kind of slow so that Jericho can catch his breath, it, it just, for me, the match was a little sluggish. And like I said, for a match that I was reasonably excited for, like this was one of the matches that I thought was going to have the most heat. And maybe because of the placement on the card, it start, you know, it starts the card. I just felt like it was a little sluggish. Um, well, I did like I, I did like the way that they ended the match. I did like that Eddie went to, you know, shake uh, Jericho's yeah. hand at the end and Jericho, you know, refused and just buggered off. But uh, yeah, what did you think? I actually thought this is one of the better matches on the card, actually, believe it or not. I don't know why. I actually thoroughly enjoyed it. But I need to backtrack for a moment. You, you mentioned the crowd. You felt probably weren't into it as much as they should have. 
Well, I, I kind of to... felt like that through most of the night. Like really? most of tonight, this crowd sounded quiet. And I, really, well, I had a different uh, perception, dude. I felt like they were rocking all night. That's weird. I don't know, man. I was blasting my speakers though, but dude, I don't know. They were rocking, dude. They were doing all sorts of. Ch As a matter of fact, they started chants that have never been done before ever in professional wrestling, and we'll get to that, which is pretty funny, man. But um. I, w I need to backtrack for a moment because I forgot to mention on the pre-show, the last match of the pre-show was everyone's favorite hook, hook, <laughs> against uh, Martial, right? And uh, man, he took him to Suplex City and choked him out, bro. And the crowd was just going hook crazy, bro. So maybe they were a little bit gassed out come Jericho Kingston. So yeah, I just had to mention that. But I did, it's funny, what made you feel the crowd was pretty silent? Because I had the opposite sort of uh, reaction I just while didn't watching. Hear the, I just, I didn't hear them much tonight. And I know that you watch on like a different feed. I was watching like the AEW feed. So right. it might have just been the way that they were miked um, in the arena tonight. I don't know. Um, I've never seen wrestling out of this particular arena in Orlando. Right. before so it might have just been a situation where the miking is a little off for wrestling um but yeah it just felt like there was a lot of quiet moments and i mean there were there were matches on this pay-per-view where the crowd literally gave them nothing like this like uh the aew women's match for oh instance, that was dead in that match the crowd were literally just sitting on their hands. There was That's no true. emotion. <laughs> like I said, I literally fell asleep and woke up right as the match finished, ironically. So I can yeah. understand that. Well, I wish I would have had that nap. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good power nap, dude. Good 10-minute power nap. I fell asleep at the right time, woke up at the right time. I believe it. All right, well, moving <laughs> on here, we go to the AEW Tag Team Championship match. The Young Bucks come out first, followed by Red Dragon and Jurassic Express. Um, they start off the match basically like a four-on-two match with uh, Young Bucks and Red Dragon working together against Jurassic Express. I love that JR uh, a number of times during this during this episode during this pay-per-view just asks exactly the right questions. Um, so Excalibur's talking about how, you know, oh, the Young Bucks and Red Dragon are, they're, they're attempting to work together. And JR just says, how could they work together if, they, <laughs> how could they work together and have any kind of agreement? It makes no sense unless someone doesn't want to be the AEW Tag Team Champions. Like, oh, well, <laughs> he does have a point. <laughs> he's got a point. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, this, this match was what you would expect it to be. There was, there was big moves and no selling. Luchasaurus doing a bunch of flips and stuff. Um, so who cares the rest of the night when somebody smaller does a flip, right? It doesn't, who's, why is that impressive? I saw, a, I saw an almost 300 pound dinosaur do a flip. So who cares if you can do a flip? And to his credit, he actually looked very good in this matchup, actually, for once. You know, he didn't look like he was very hesitant like he usually is. Like he was on point. So I'll give credit to Luchasaurus. But this match is one of the obvious ones, man. I'm pretty sure you would have even known going into this match that the Jungle Express, whatever you want to call them, were going to actually win the match and retain their tag titles. Yeah, I mean, it was pretty easy to see. And I mean, a couple of things here that pissed me off about this match. Um, 
at one point uh at one point luchasaurus took a canadian destroyer um and no sold it he like he lay down and then the bucks went to go pick him up and he did a kip up into choke slamming both of them yeah Um, out of a Canadian destroyer. There was a lot of no selling in this pay-per-view in general, Chris, actually. Yep. Kyle O'Reilly, he no sells back-to-back super kicks. Like literally one young buck landed a super kick. Then the other young buck landed a super kick. And then he backed into the ropes and landed a clothesline. Uh, there was a lot of that too tonight, actually, Chris. <laughs> there was. Um, at one point here, okay, this part pissed me off. Really pissed me off. Red Dragon gets the belts, right? Mm-hmm. They take the belts. They hammer uh, Jungle Boy with the belts, right? And it's like, oh, yeah, heels, they're going to cheat to win. No, kick out. Um, I don't understand what the fucking point of having heels cheat to win and then they don't win with the cheat. I Can you explain to me how I'm supposed to take Red Dragon seriously if they can't even win a wrestling match when they cheat yeah i mean i agree with you 100 percent. these two look like absolute clowns since they've arrived in aw dude yeah straight up i, I mean they act like goofs too i mean seriously yeah no and i just i, I just th- this is what this match was you kind of knew it going in it was a young bucks match so it was going to be a bunch of flippy shit and you know, the crowd was going to yell, this is awesome, but there was going to be no fucking story to it. <laughs> or there was just going to be egregious, stupid mistakes, like belt shots being, you know, kickouts. Um, and that's just the beginning on tonight of stupid, egregious crap in wrestling matches. Anyway, Jurassic Express win. Um, they This was one of those matches that they got like a this is awesome chant at one point because they did a bunch of flips. But when the one, two, three happened, the crowd was just like. Uh, that's all I was hearing. <laughs> yeah, there was no there was no real heat. Nobody was actually no, excited that because, Jurassic Express got the win. Well, well, let's be honest. This match was not about Jungle Express. It was actually all about Red Dragon and the Bucks. Right. That's what this Which, match, you know, is leading to now. We're going to have more of a feud between them. I mean, fuck. That's all this was. Nevertheless, it was a decent match, though. Let's, let's be real. Uh, no. Um, it, it was no. decent. I'm not going to say I loved it, but uh, it wasn't bad. I've seen worse. It, it was crap. Uh, <laughs> Jeez. Chris is back, and he's on fire. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. Um, next up here, we got the Face of the Revolution ladder match. Um, now listen, six man ladder match. Um, it's always going to be a clusterfuck. There's not going to be a whole ton of, um, storytelling or anything like that going on in a match like this. Nevertheless, I actually really like this match. Um, I everybody too. in the match got pretty interesting little spots here and there. Um, before we get into it though, um, I just want to say to Justin Roberts, uh-huh. um, for he is limitless is a fucking idiotic way to announce someone. Um, for he is limitless indicates that you've already stated something as a fact. You know, da 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 da. For he is limitless is how you would use for he is limitless. You wouldn't just 
start a sentence by saying, for he is limitless, because you're indicating that you've already said something that would then explain why or how the man is limitless. Um, it's stupid, and it makes you look like a fucking tool. I agree. What he said. Yeah. So just say he is limitless. Like if if that's the way you want to do the announcing, fine. He. So you say he is limitless, Keith Lee. That's fine. You can, you can do that. But for he is limitless makes you sound like you don't understand English at all. Well, it is Justin Roberts, Chris. That's true. Shit. Oh, John. The way you did that. that was <laughs> oh, Justin. No wonder why that would be treated, treated you the way they treated you. But anyway, I digress. Yeah. All right. <laughs> um, all the little guys go out of the ring real quickly. The the big hosses all face off, the three of them. Um, by the way, it's Keith Lee, Christian Cage, Wardlow, Ricky Starks, Orange Cassidy, and Will Powerhouse Hobbs in the match. So the little guys are all out of the ring quickly. The hosses, the three of them, they face off. It looks it looks pretty cool. It looks like we might have a cool little hoss battle. And then Cassidy ruins it with comedy because oh. everything. Oh, I've got to give him credit for one thing, though. When Wardlow and Hobbs was it? Oh, no, it was Wardlow and, and uh, Keith Lee, who he is limitless, Keith Lee. For no, he hold, is limitless. Oh, for he is limitless. That's right. Um, when they were holding the ladder and Orange Cassidy done a chin up and rolled up onto the ladder, I thought that spot was actually pretty unique. I didn't mind that. That was cool. Other than that, this was the funnest botch ladder match I've ever seen in my life. Yep. Um, and you know what? That spot is exactly what I give him credit for here um, in, in my notes. I, I actually, for the maybe the first time ever, I give Orange <laughs> Cassidy credit. Wow. And that's exactly the spot where I was like, that was actually cool. I like it. It was. It care. actually was. You got to give him that. So I'll give him the little thumb for cool yep. on that spot. The other thing, the other spot that he did was pretty interesting. It was more of Keith Lee's spot, but I liked the way that they used uh, Orange Cassidy was when Keith Lee beat everyone up with Orange Cassidy. Uh, <laughs> that was awesome. Like he had him in the powerbomb position. He just swung him around and whacked <laughs> everybody with Orange Cassidy. Uh, what about when he got tossed over the rope, dude? Everyone missed him. He landed right on his tailbone, yeah. dude. I'm thinking, oh, that would have hurt, man. And, and the look on his face looked like he fucking hurt. Yep. Um, quickly, I want to mention all the other cool spots from everybody. So Starks did a spear to Christian through the ladder. Like he sort of dove through the ladder and hit Christian with a spear. That was cool. Um, Cage speared Hobbs into the ladder, which was kind of his cool spot. Uh, Hobbs and Wardlow had a great powerhouse stare down at the top of the ladder. Um, and then, uh, yeah, Lee, uh, Lee had a few, but beating all of the mm. other people with orange cassidy was definitely his best spot well it seems um, like we're moving into a cassidy keith lee kind of feud dude orange oh sorry orange cassidy, cassidy. whatever sorry yeah. my, my bad no, no no i'm just joking because that's what keith lee um tweeted it was yeah orange that's right dot 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 cassidy that's right so, he did <laughs> i don't I know guess, 
We're going to have a big build to to a dream match, apparently. A dream match. Oh, it God. is definitely a dream match because I'll be falling asleep when that match happens. <laughs> 100%. That's a good call. I like that. <laughs> Thank you. Um, Thank you. <laughs> Wardlow and Hobbs, they tear a ladder apart. Um, that was a cool looking spot too. Yeah. The three big men move towards the announce desk and um, Hobbs and Lee are like grabbing each other by the throat. And then Wardlow comes in out of nowhere and just knocks them both off <laughs> and through a table. That was another cool spot. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Wardlow goes on to win the match. It was a fun ladder match. Like I said, you, you, when you got a six man ladder match, you're not going to have, a bunch of really great storytelling. It's just too much of a clusterfuck. <laughs> so the best thing you can hope for is that everybody has a cool spot or two. And everybody in this match had a pretty cool spot that I liked. So yeah, for what it was, I liked this match. Right. It was just a fun train wreck, man. And and that's what I tweeted out, actually. I said it was a fun botched ladder match. I mean, you know, there was a lot of botches, I felt, man. But it was, nevertheless, it was still fun to watch because it was just crazy. It was just, you know, at least the match kind of lived up to its hype anyway. Because going in, I was thinking, oh man, if we're going to have all these big hustles in a ladder match, I mean, how are they going to pull this off? But then they added Ricky Starks, or should I say Ricky Starks. And uh, <laughs> yeah, JR was doing it all night, bro. All the way through the fucking pay-per-view, was saying Ricky Starks. But anyway, yeah. And then uh, you add Christian and then you add Orange Cassidy. And you know what, man? Everyone gelled pretty well. And I mean, shit, that was spots that I've never seen in professional wrestling before. So you got to give him that. Yeah. Like I said, it was fun. It was it, sometimes a match is just fun because it's fun. Um, I don't get that with Young Bucks matches. I know other people <laughs> yeah. do, and that's fine. But, like, this match was fun for me. I liked it. Um, yeah, and I liked, the, I liked the finish, too. I mean, you know, Wardlow getting that, uh, getting that opportunity and sort of moving forward with his career is a cool spot. Yeah, I agree. I was kind of surprised because I went with Keith Lee winning it because I would have thought that Sean Spears would have, you know, interjected himself into this match and probably cost Wardlow the win. But where was Sean Spears? I don't know. He's a bad accountability buddy. He wasn't there. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty stupid. Yeah. But it is what it is. It is what it is. Uh, speaking of is what it is, Tony Schiavone is out next. He has an announcement. <laughs> and um, I so he's got this announcement. And he's like, yeah, we, we've got a new contract signing. And I'm thinking back to the other contract signings that they've announced in situations like this, right? So Christian Cage was a big deal. Uh, Jay Lethal um, is a really great professional wrestler. I wish to God they would fucking use him for something. Um, but yeah, the announcement was it's Shane Swerve Strickland. Uh, dude, they gave him a huge pop and they were chanting for him, man. They were saying, whose house is Swerve's house, bro? I mean, I don't know who this is, Jimmy. I legitimately do not know who. I, I don't know who this man is. Who is you it? don't know Shane Swerve Strickland, bro? I do not know who he is. Well, first of all, he made his name on the independence. He was actually quite good in uh, Lucha Underground, where he used to wear a mask. I forgot his name in Lucha Underground, though. He, he had like a like a character name, but I've totally forgotten it. Kill shot? 
kill shot. That's it. That was him. Yeah. There oh, you go. That okay. was him. There, now, you, now you're on the ball there, Chris. But so, yeah, he's been around for a long time. He's actually had a name. He was just released from WWE, if you remember Hit Row. Okay. Yep. He was the leader like, of Hit I never Row. saw them, but I, okay. I knew they got released, yeah. Well, yeah, they, they, they were pretty good in, in NXT, and then they actually moved on to the main roster, and then they all got released. So, right, but apparently, I remember reading that. Right. Well, that's who Swerve is, man. And honestly, Chris, if you look into some of his old sort of footage, like him in Defy Wrestling or I any other... I liked him as Killshot. Dude, like, he was I, awesome I as Killshot. Right, okay. absolutely. And he's great as himself and dude i kid you not man this guy will grow on you man he is smooth he's fresh more importantly he swerved bro he swerved all right well whose house swerves house that's right uh cool all right well that's good i'm glad you could uh i'm I'm glad i i'm glad i talked to you about it okay (laughs) kill shot all right well yeah i liked him i thought i thought he was pretty interesting um although trust me he'll grow things that i thought were interesting in well here's the thing right Will he grow on me though? Because there have been other people who have come into AEW who have been really, really talented guys. Uh, Jay Lethal has been there for like two Jay and who? Half months. Jay White. Yeah, that guy too. <laughs> um, it's a Jay kind of thing, dude. That, but they're just nobodies. They're not an important or integral part of the story at all moving forward. So, and that's what worries me. So Shane Strickland, um, he's, I mean, he's, he's a talented guy. Like I said, I liked him as kill shot. Um, but are they going to give him any kind of character or any kind of consistent time? Well, that's what I'm worried about, Chris, because it's funny. Me and Jeff were mentioning on the, on the skirmish this past week, how Jeff mentions to me, I'm going to give you some homework, Jimmy. He goes, and he mentions how go back from when CM Punk debuted till now and and tell me how many wrestlers have debuted since then and he thinks over 30 and then i thought about it, he's probably right yeah they continue to sign every tom dick and harry heck we might as well call this nxt revolution because that's what this is becoming but what puzzles me is why would you sign all the guys that got trounced by aw in the wednesday night wars quote unquote right or shall we say the skirmishes right where we, yeah. that's hence where we got our name from why would they hire all those losers and bring them into AEW? i mean the fact that they're I'm hiring so many people in general i don't right. care who they are like you gotta make move you, like okay if you want to hire all these guys fine you want to hire a cm punk you want to hire a that Brian makes Anderson. sense right totally makes sense but then you gotta release some fucking people man you got to get rid of the, uh, what was the JD Payne or JD? Oh, JD uh, Drake. JD fat ass um, <laughs> yeah. from the other night. Like, right. You released that guy. Thank you for being a part of AEW. And we wish you all the best in your future fucking endeavors. Like literally you got to just make some fucking room. <laughs> and now it's like so much worse. You got guys like I just I just I just read that they um, they re-upped the contract for Brian Cage. Brian Cage Why? hasn't been on TV in a year. Right. Like, he tweeted out, "Oh, that's surprising." <laughs> you know, 
Like he wasn't <laughs> mad. And somebody asked him about it and was like, oh, are you salty? He's like, I'm not salty. That's great. Paid. I got right. Yeah, I'm getting paid. That's fine. But I just, you know, it, it would have been nice to know that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, that is kind of weird. Hence, I mean, look, look at Cody. He didn't get that option. <laughs> you know right. what I'm saying? Right. Well, he did, and he's really just going to go run ROH. Oh, he or did. Or really, he's not. I could have sworn he signed a five-year contract when AEW first started. Did he not? I thought it was three. but Yeah, that's what they're saying now. But originally, I'm pretty sure they were saying five because the, the, the Bucks mm-hmm. signed five, Omega signed five, Jericho signed five. I could have sworn Cody signed five. Why would he sign three? You know what I mean? To me, that don't make sense. But... uh. None of what happens with Cody makes sense to me. I, I don't believe that he's been released by AEW. Not really. Um, if he has been released, it's been for legal reasons so that they can swerve people. I really seriously do not believe he's going to WWE. You see, I I, I'm on the fence now, man, because I don't know where this is going. Like, at first I thought it was a work. Then I'm thinking it's not. I just don't know. I, I, I can only answer that until... After WrestleMania, once the Raw after WrestleMania, because I've got a feeling that's, if he is coming to WWE, that's where we're going to see him. Because the thing is, Chris, on the Pat McAfee podcast, uh, he did allude to Cody actually signing. He alluded to it. Right, but usually when he says shit like that, it usually comes true. So, I don't know, man. And don't be surprised. It's, It's a... And it's, trust me, it's not a high possibility, but don't be surprised that there's a slim chance that McAfee versus Cody is a possibility at Mania. I thought that they had already figured that out and McAfee was wrestling Austin Theory. Right, but I think a lot of people think that might not actually happen. Okay. I don't care what Pat McAfee does, and I don't care about anything going on at WrestleMania. you got to watch the Vince McMahon interview, bro, with Pat McAfee. it was good. Oh, that was was brilliant. Brilliant. Trust me, brilliant. Right on. Well, speaking of brilliant, let's go the opposite way now. And we'll talk about the TBS championship match between Jade Cargill and Ty Conti, a.k.a. the piss break. Yeah, um, I actually went for a piss. No no kidding. I really did. <laughs> uh, I really okay. did. I actually did. No, this was a bad match, dude. Um <laughs> Ty Conti fucked up a spinning DDT. Um, She was supposed to springboard off the ropes. She missed. Um, She fucked up a pin. Uh, She (laughs) fucked up a dive. She fucked up about 18 different things in this match. Um, I mean, it is Ty Conti, right? I mean. (laughs) And at about 14 different moments of this match, she gave the most shocked look that you could possibly (sighs) have. Comically bad, like... (gasps) (laughs) (laughs) is she having a heart attack what's going on there (laughs) that's pretty much what it looked like about 14 Uh, different times in this match uh, maybe it was that face paint yeah bad that's true take chris's advice (laughs) this was i mean you gotta go to fuck it like just go take a couple classes like literally just just do it and listen if you're if you're if you're a if you're a young person and you want to get into professional wrestling, I'm going to give you this free advice um, as somebody who is not a professional wrestler. Uh, go get some training in acting just a little bit. It doesn't, you, you don't have to be a fucking Academy award winner, but 
you have to be able to portray certain things with your <laughs> facial expressions. And Ty Conti tonight was just egregiously bad. I think when I was I was talking on the uh, on the um, on the Hami Media Group's play by play thing there, and I think Bin Hamin called it like like one oh one, like worse <laughs> than one oh one stuff. And he's right. I mean, this was. Yeah, this was like there's a level to where like most people understand how to act because you know how to play or pretend. And she was like below that level tonight. It was it was really bad. It, it was a shit match. And um, so for some reason, though, um, my daughter, my youngest daughter, Freya, really liked it. So really, I, yeah, yeah she. I think she just liked the fact that there was this like really big muscular girl in it. She I, was like, I think Whoa. you're right, actually, Chris. <laughs> and that's the thing. She's money. No pun intended. I did mention she'd be great as a Jade Mortal Kombat character on on previous shows. And what do you know? That's what we got tonight. But that's um, what we got. That's what we got. But see, we've been saying this already for a while now. Going into this matchup, we all knew this was the wrong matchup for yeah. Jade Cargill. I mean, come on. What the fuck were they thinking? Ty Conti is green as shit. Jay Cargill, obviously, is green as shit, right? But she gets everything else. You know what I mean? So what were yep. they expecting out of these two, man? All it does is expose Jade Cargill if they keep going down this route. Yeah, I agree with you. They need to... What they need to do is they need to sign some technicians. Yes. They need to sign some people Bad. who are technically good professional wrestlers. There's not many either. Come- in AEW. There's there's not many in AEW. You're right. But there are some good technical wrestlers out there who are just women who have been on independent scenes or like who aren't signed. And I'm not talking about go out and sign them to become big superstars. I'm talking about go out and sign the 41-year-old woman who's, you know, been active for a really long time but who doesn't have the right look to like be Mercedes a Martinez? superstar. Mercedes Martinez is a great example. You go out and you sign a bunch of Mercedes Martinez types, and then you let them help Jade Cargill grow. Uh, because, yeah, Ty Conti was just egregiously bad. Um, I did laugh, though. Jade Cargill landed a pretty nice-looking frog splash. Oh, what about that kick on uh, Anna Jade, bro? That was stiff as shit, bro. That was great, uh, <laughs> but also, okay. So she she takes out Anna, Anna Jade, and then Anna Jade hits her with a with a steel chair. So the faces are cheating. Yeah, I know. Bizarro land again, man. I hate to say it, Chris, but again, this whole pay per view was very much bipolar booking. Uh, I was I was bad, dude. It was, <laughs> there was so much of it that was just like you're watching it and you're going why wasn't that the finish <laughs> so she gets whacked in the back with a steel chair she gets hit with uh ty conti's finish ty goes for the pin it's not enough so the faces are cheating to win and it's still not enough to win this is uh this is brian cage getting a one count on everything against uh darby allen this is uh this is Pillman Jr. Uh, getting completely punked out and then tapping. You you bury people when you when you book things like this. Right. Absolutely buried Ty Conti, who is green but is popular. 
Now I don't know if she can come back and do anything because even with her partner on the outside smashing a steel chair over the back of the head of the champion, she still can't get the pin. So how is she ever going to win another match? It's true. Um, it's just aggressively bad. Anyway, um, Cargill wins with her finish. And that's about that for this match. I don't have anything else to add other than, yeah, I mean, go out and hire some technicians who can just get Jade Cargill through a match. Right, because she's got no one to work with that can actually make her look good. That's the problem, man. Yep. Yeah, let's move on. We'll move on. Um, CM Punk comes out. Uh, his his music pit. His, his, so his music hits, uh, Call to Personality. And uh, he doesn't come out. And then MJF's music comes on uh, sort of to indicate that MJF changed the music and decided he was coming out first because fuck CM Punk. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he comes out and then Punk's music, which I guess was his music in Ring of Honor. That's right. It was. <laughs> but nobody, even even the AEW crowd was like, huh? No one what? fuck. And I said this. I, and I said, and I said on Twitter, actually, I go, what the fuck is Punk doing, right? And then people look, it's his fucking Ring of Honor. I know it was his Ring of Honor fucking <laughs> theme, yeah? But that's my point. What the fuck was he doing? Because the crowd did not react. That fan base had no fucking idea what that throwback was, not only to his theme, but even with what he was wearing. It was a throwback to his Ring of Honor days in theme and in what he was wearing. Back to the summer of punk days in Ring of Honor, dude. He wore the exact same shit. Yeah, and it just went completely over everybody's it head. It did, and, and we... really, it, was, it wasn't necessary, man. He didn't have to do that, man. We get it. Okay, but, man, no one had a fucking idea what that was. I don't care what anybody no. says. No, and you're right. I mean, the appropriate time to do that would be if you were going to do another summer of punk or if you were bringing or if you were basically saying like you know oh look like over the last few weeks we've seen a different side of cm punk something that is more akin to what we would have seen early in his career when he was you know when he was in ring of honor if you if you did that and then had punk come out to that song it would make sense but as is it's just member berries it's hey, like yeah. it's like hey hey remember this and you're yeah. like and guess yeah. what, Chris? Do you know how many people saw that back then? Well, exactly. Uh, what? 20,000? If that, I was going to say, that's being very generous, actually, Chris. I was going to say, what, 200 people worldwide? <laughs> yeah, like, come on. Seriously. Only the real hardcores of the hardcores fucking know what that is, right? No one else does, okay? But apparently now they all do, bro. Oh, my God. How could you not know this? Like... Shut the fuck up, please. Yeah, you're stupid because you didn't get it. Uh, yeah. Nope. You ain't nope. fooling us. No. Tell <laughs> me the story, or it's dumb. Uh, anyway, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna shit on this match because this match was actually really good. I like this a lot. Um, both guys looked appropriately intense before the match. Uh, MJF is doing a good job of, like, his facials for this feud have been um sincerely bothered about cm punk and i like it i like that he's he's leaning into it he's not just being an asshole which 
you know, that's good too. Um, but it's kind of nice to see a different side of MJF where he's not just a smart ass. Right. He also really is angry about CM Punk, which absolutely it's great. Um, dog collar matches before we get into it. Um, usually I think they're a terrible idea. Like I have seen maybe I've seen maybe like two dog collar matches in my life that I enjoyed and every other dog collar match I've ever seen. I thought what a waste of a fucking match. Uh, this, this was different for me. What did you think uh, coming into this though, Jimmy? Did you think, Oh yay, a dog collar match or were you yeah. like, Oh well, yay. Well, I think, <laughs> well, yeah, I was thinking dog collar match, pal. You know what I mean? I was like, pal. No, but anyway, um, I'll be honest with you, dude. I think back to the Greg the Hammer Valentine Roddy Piper match of Starcade '83. I was only one years old. I didn't see it at the time, but I knew all about it, obviously, right? Mm-hmm. But um, more importantly, for whatever reason, I didn't think this match was as good as the hype, dude. I don't know why. Yeah, it's interesting that you loved it. I thought, I don't know, dude. Uh, I just think there was something off about this match that could have been done better. I just can't put my finger on it. I think that there was definitely more that they could have done with this. I think that you could have leaned into um, a situation where Punk sort of knew he had to get ultra violent in order to get the win, or you could have leaned in more heavily with what they did with Wardlow at the end, or I feel like they could have leaned into something a little more in terms of the story. Um, But I did like that this match made sense. And from a storytelling perspective, they did a simple but effective job. Like this wasn't this wasn't a five star for me. Oh, no, absolutely not. But this was one of the matches of the night for me just because everything kind of made sense. And they focused on telling um, a violent uh, but logical story. Absolutely. I mean, violence was the theme of the night, it seems. So I don't know why they called it revolution. They should have just called it AEW violent. For a minute, I thought it was ECW they were trying to go for. But yeah, look, uh, there was violence. There was blood. There was probably too much blood overall on tonight's card. But uh, yes, I just, but that's AEW for you, right? I mean, they love playing with the blood. Yeah. I mean, seriously. It- you overdo it, and then it doesn't mean anything later well, on. Well, yeah, absolutely, and that's the problem, man. And Stunner looked like friggin', uh, I don't know, man. But look, the point is, I just felt this match could have been better. I don't know why. I might have to rewatch it, and I'll and I'll probably have a change of opinion. But I just didn't get into it like I thought I should have. But in saying that, it was still a decent match. I don't know if it was the match of the night, but they both pulled it off. I mean, for what it is. But where do we go from here, Chris? Are we moving on from this, or do we get a continuation? Because at the end of the day, we need a rubber match, don't we? Um, I think this actually is their third. Um, oh, well, well, yeah, it was two, two matches in the one match type of deal. Uh, but really, it's their second match, technically. You know what I'm saying? I think they need something else to blow it off. I do. Yeah, I think an I quit match would be that blow off. I think that would be perfect. Yeah, I Absolutely. mean, you couldn't, you couldn't script something better than that, especially because 
tonight they kind of alluded to it right if you noticed that yeah i did and i was uh, mentioning that previously on previous shows that i think an eye quit match should be the blow-off and what do you know they were alluding to it surely we get an eye quit match i i did love that that max grabbed a microphone and said you know why don't you just tell everybody you quit punk why don't you just tell everybody you quit and he goes (laughs) he did max yeah absolutely what about when he's like give me the fucking mic (laughs) mjf dropping f-bombs I mean, look, the drama was there, no doubt about it. This is the best told story probably in AEW history, I dare say, dude. In terms of the way they booked an actual program with two wrestlers and have tried to stick with it. And the performances have been fucking out of this world. Both of these guys deserve a shit ton of credit, too. Absolutely, absolutely. I just think Punk needs to relax on being a mark for himself, though. So, Phil... Stop being a mark to CM Punk, all right? Please. Yeah, it's like Eminem standing himself. Oh, yeah, and it's like Eminem shading himself. Mm-hmm. Just saying. That was an MJK line, actually, or an MGK line, actually, from the, <laughs> from his diss from Eminem. <laughs> Zing. Trying to be the old, trying to be the old you so bad you stand yourself. Yep, and that's, that's the one. problem. That's yeah, the issue. No. Yeah, you're you're right. You're right, and that's exactly what happened tonight with the whole like the music. Oh, it's it's my old music, and like nobody knew. Everybody was like, "What the fuck's going on?" <laughs> it was literally a look of confusion. But if you see all the Mark Tards on Twitter, oh my god, they fucking acted like they all knew. Yeah, because like the six thousand of them all knew, so they were like, "Everybody should know." Everybody masturbated to, I mean, watched uh, CM Punk in, in mm. ROH. Yeah, like two hundred people worldwide. Just saying. <laughs> Honestly, it's not that Honestly, many of you. No matter how many. fucking angry you are on Twitter, there's Dude, not that many of you. <laughs> especially during those days, man, it was backyard garbage. Really, I'll be honest, it was. Yeah, it was a lot of nonsense. Um, all right, so MJF brings out the tax. They tease someone going through for a while. Uh, Punk eventually takes him kind of in his ass, taking that superplex. Oh, that yes. did not look fun. The ass plex. Um, oh, that looked <laughs> not, I mean, tax in the ass. No, thank you. <laughs> tax in the ass. Yeah, man. No. Tax in the um, ass will do that to you, Chris. Yeah. Uh, MJF <laughs> calls Wardlow down to the ring for the, for the, for the diamond ring thing um he he acts like he doesn't know where it is oh no i forgot the i forgot the ring max i don't have it um so he takes a gts and a back body drop into the tax which wasn't the finish (laughs) okay um and then wardlow goes oh i did remember the ring it was in my other pocket he lays it out there for he lays it out there for cm punk who picks it up and he punches max in the face one time he goes down not in the tax and that's the end of the match why was why was a punch the end of the match and not the go to sleep into the fucking thumbtacks <laughs> right i guess it was all to put wardlow over it seems i mean that's who got the rub <laughs> i mean seriously everyone was screaming wardlow wardlow by the end of the match not cm punk seriously they're all chanting wardlow yeah, and That's you know true. what the Mark Tards were actually saying about this spot online, bro? This kills me, all right? AEW was paying homage to when Punk got fired by WWE on his wedding day, bro. Hence the ring. What? Yes. 
<laughs> Can you believe that shit? That's what the Mokhtards were discussing on the Twitter. What kind of line of logic does that come from? Dude, I wanted to cry from laughter. I'm, ta- I'm These telling you, dude. People are way too invested in professional wrestlers' personal lives. Like, it's oh, fucking man. stupid. I was like, <laughs> damn, man. That's a whole new level of Maktad, bro. <clears throat> awful. Just awful. awful. Um, anyway, I liked this match. Like I said, it was a great, violent <laughs> match. Uh, there was a simple story that got told well by two good professional wrestlers. Um, Wardlow obviously beginning the split from Max with that ring spot. Um, should be interesting to see what happens moving forward. I, I hope that they have a third match. I hope that they don't try to just let this be the blow off. Um, not the blow off that's on Atmark Media, by the way. Um, but the other blow off. Yes. Um, hopefully they don't do that. Hopefully they they give them some some time and some space, and they do a, an I quit match because they, you know, they kind of yeah. they kind of alluded to it in this matchup, and I think that's the right way to 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 blow this off. But the only problem, Chris, you know where we're going though. We're going straight to Wardlow not getting the TNT Championship because MJF will actually interrupt. The match will interfere in the match and probably cost Wardlow the TNT Championship, whoever that challenger is at the time, or whoever's champ. But uh, or we get that same scenario, but Punk saves the day and Wardlow wins the championship, something along those lines, and then we move on to the I Quit match. Hopefully, right? No, that would be all right. I wouldn't mind watching Wardlow win it um, on St. Patrick's Day there, or the St. Patrick's Bash, or whatever the fuck they're doing. Yeah, St. Patrick's stash. I mean, gash. I'm sick of all these gimmicked freaking dynamites. It's just fucking dynamite. That's all it is. It's not a pay-per-view. It's not a Clash of Champions or Battle of the Belts. Yeah. Battle of the Belts, including belts that aren't sanctioned by our company, like the FMW Championship. Yeah. Also, bring your own belt, and you can defend it in the ring too, I guess. (laughs) Absolutely. Bring a freaking Nintendo or a freaking kitchen sink, and I'm sure you'd be that kitchen sink champ. The kitchen sink champ. That's... uh... That's a woman's title. Uh, oh, anyway. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. nice. Nicely played. I like it a lot. Speaking of women's championships, <laughs> uh, the AEW Women's Championship match is up next. And uh, yeah, this this got no heat from this crowd. I, like Nada. Nobody stood up. It was bad. <laughs> and I just want to call out to Jeff Lippman. I said on the skirmish that for whatever reason... Thunder Rosa wasn't going to win the match because I just felt like she's lost all the heat, bro. They should have yeah. pulled the trigger on her two months ago. Let's be honest, Chris. They yes, should have pulled the trigger. And tonight's match proved me right because no one gave a fuck, including myself, who fell asleep. Well, no one gave a fuck. And it was egregious, this match. That's true. There was so much... There was so much, oh, misdirection. The referee can't see it. Oh, my God. <laughs> that even JR, like Jim Ross, Jim Ross literally like called this out as a professional. He was like, how in the hell does the referee not know that something is going on behind him right now? Yeah. Right. That's true. But to credit to the referees tonight, actually, Chris, did you notice they were all actually doing their job most of the time? In terms of, like, they weren't just ignoring cheating. Yeah. Right. And they were um, doing five counts. Well, ch- attempting to anyway. 
yeah, I mean, that that's fine, but it's half pregnant stuff. It's like, come on, yeah. man. I mean, like, it was like the Jericho and uh, and uh, what's her name? What's her name? Audrey. Uh, what's her? Well, Audrey Hepburn. I can't. Yeah, whatever her name is. Anyway, the the the, the rug muncher. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> did you see how they did the old Earl Hebner Jericho spot where he pushed the referee? Yeah, and then she pushed him back. It's it's so funny. And I wanted to point out one more thing that just reminded me. Did you catch Kingston putting his head right in her tit? Uh, yeah, that made me laugh. <laughs> that um, was great. I'm just saying, but, I had to say, I know we're going backwards, but I just had to bring that up. No, yeah, it was that was bad. But, like, <laughs> when you're watching a match, you should believe, like, if there's interference from the outside, it should be believable that the referee wouldn't have missed it. Right. But the referee missed 40 interferences in this match. Like, it was every... It was literally like almost every couple of minutes there was something somebody was grabbing her from the from the from the ring or somebody was hitting her from behind or whatever. It was bad. like <laughs> I, I definitely would have been happier with my paper <laughs> purchase. Uh, Jeez. Oh, please continue, Chris. Okay. The finish of this match pissed me off. <laughs> like it made me so fucking mad. Oh. So 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 okay so this whole cheating thing is going on uh they slide in the the championship the AEW title which was uh, a new AEW women's championship mind you which looks much better cool um so that got slid in and thunder rosa takes a curb stomp onto the belt mm-hmm. and then kicks out yep then she beats the crap out of Britt baker she goes outside. She takes care of Britt Baker's manager and bodyguard. Then she comes back into the ring, takes a clean curb stomp with no belt, and, <laughs> and that's the finish. Yep, that's right. So the curb stomp with the belt, not yes. good enough for the finish. Of course clean not. Clean curb good. stomp, good enough for the finish. Clean as a baby's seconds. bum, dude. It was clean. These people are fucking stupid, Jimmy. Like, are they? <laughs> they're making they're making fucking mistakes that, like, honestly, Jimmy, I wouldn't make these kinds of mistakes booking my 2K like <laughs> game, like a wrestling <laughs> video game. I would book better than this. Oh, how dare you say you're a better booker than TK? I am a better booker than TK. <laughs> I am a better booker than TK because I'm a better storyteller than TK. And that's what a booker is. It's a storyteller. But you have to know how to tell a logical story. Okay? <sighs> Don't talk logic. That was completely <laughs> fucking backwards. Yeah, it you was. Want your fucking, you want your fucking heel to get heat? Okay. She hits the curb stomp. It's On not the enough. Right. She hits the curb stomp clean. It's not enough. And then he hit it with the belt. she hits it with <laughs> yeah. the belt and gets the win because she only could cheat to win. The only way she could win is through cheating. That's it. That's how you build heels and heat. (laughs) Not in AEW, baby. Fuck, man. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck. I know it's, it's literally logic, right? I mean, it's, it's logic. I mean, and that's, what's annoying. Why do they do the simple things? So ask backwards, dude. I mean, 
do they think we won't notice this shit? I guess most of the AEW Mark Tards won't, but uh, they don't give a fuck about fans like us, I guess. I mean... I guess not. Yeah, anyone intelligent enough to call them out on their shit is a hater. That's that's what that's Haters. all I understand from Twitter. Is yeah. we're the IWC apparently, Chris. We're the ones bitching and moaning. We just can't accept it. I guess. I mean, that's right. We just we we don't like shitty stuff, and that makes us bad people. Yep, it is what it is. <laughs> I mean, what can we say, bro? It's atrocious. It, it really like. It re- again, like this was a couple of times tonight where you were like, where they literally like, they got the finish exactly wrong, like exactly wrong. You like, <laughs> to me, it's like somebody must have said, it. it it's almost like TK has like that uh, that uh, that thing where people like they they mess up the letters and numbers or whatever in their head. I can't remember what the fucking word is called right now because it's midnight. But like, you know what I mean? Like, so it's like he he'll write the finish and it's like you know uh, you know clean. In his mind, he's thinking, okay, she hits the clean curb stomp and then Rosa kicks out and then she hits the one with the belt. But the way that he writes it is backwards because his mind is fucked up or something. So wait a minute, wait a minute. I get you. You're saying that Dean Malenko was the one that was the agent for this match. Oh, <laughs> I'm, fuck. I'm, I'm sorry, but uh, he does work there after all, so can I criticize this? And he, and he does work with the women's division. <laughs> he does, yeah. absolutely. Just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> it's, hey, don't fucking give me heat, all right? It's I was AW thinking dyslexia, you... but, but maybe. Well, maybe I'm, I'm thinking more Parkinson's disease. And yeah. Parkinson's disease. I'm just saying, when you get... I'm just saying, I'm only pointing out the obvious, right? Don't give me heat. Give TK heat. Just saying. Yeah. Now I'm picturing Dean Malenko, like, handing somebody the match on cue cards. He's oh, got his no. cue cards, and he's, and he's shaking. And he just, like, <laughs> oh, drops it, and it falls all over the floor. And then he just quickly picks it up and oh, puts it no. back together. But one of the... But one of the cards is in the wrong place. So now they've fucked up the finish. <laughs> it's pretty obvious that Dimalenko booked this match, bro. I mean, heck, I dare say. Oh, I won't say it. I've been look, he is the man that a thousand holds forgot. Yeah. <laughs> the man that forgot a thousand holds. I'm just saying. Oh god. I'm I'm just saying, don't give me heat. This is TK that employs an agent named Dean Malenko for the women's division. Clearly, Dean Malenko booked this match. It had to be. Had to. Uh, it was completely backwards. What a stupid fucking end. <laughs> um, all right. So from one guy who's forgotten a thousand holds <laughs> to uh, one guy who probably knows close to a thousand <laughs> holds, Brian Danielson <laughs> and John Moxley are out next. Oh, beautiful. Uh, the crowd starts off the match chanting, we want violence. Yes, they did. But apparently this was not even a hardcore match. It was just a normal everyday singles match. Uh, yeah, it was a pretty stiff fucking match, though, man. Um, Those kicks, bro. <laughs> it was kick-a-mania, brother. It, this was, this was uh, on both of them. Like, both of them. 
but but Mox, man, that guy's got to have some serious mental issues if he's <laughs> okay with this kind of beating. Like, hey man, Daniel. I mean, Brian Danielson absolutely put on a clinic in this match. So did Moxley. I mean, there was a lull period, sort of, where in the middle of the match where it just slowed down a lot. Yep. But then it picked up again. Um, look, man. I guess what made this match great was the finish. Really, let's be honest, man. I mean, the match was great anyway, but the finish was the cherry on top because wow. Did we yeah. not see that coming? Yeah, it was great. It, 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 and it was like, you know what? It, it really, I know people are going to laugh at me because this is like my guy and everything, but this felt like a Bret Hart finish. <laughs> yeah, like, I could see that. You know what I mean? It was this like Owen and like, Bret hugging in the middle of the ring at the end. Bret was regal. No, but I just, I don't mean, I don't, I don't even mean that. I mean the finish to the match okay. where uh, Danielson had him in a triangle. And oh, then yeah, he basically true. like rolled backwards into a pin where there was no way for Danielson to kick out. Like there was no escaping it right, the same right. way that like, you know, uh, bulldog pinned Brett. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah I, I totally get you now. Right. Absolutely. I mean, it was, yeah. Except I, I would have felt it would have been better if it was the other way around because isn't Brian Danielson the more technically gifted p performer between the two of them when you think about it? Yes, he definitely is. So, so um, and I think that Danielson going over would have been the right way to go with this right. anyway. Though. So wouldn't it make sense to, if you're going to do a finish like that, you do it with the technically gifted wrestler? Yeah. Yeah. I'm just saying. <laughs> no, you're right. You are right. Um, but anyway, I, I didn't I didn't mind it because it was a little different. It wasn't right. just... It wasn't just lol paradigm shift pin. No, absolutely not. No, 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 not at all. It was actually a very unorthodox finish, really. I mean, I wasn't expecting that. Absolutely. Um, anyway, yeah, so um, Danielson's mad afterwards. They, they, they slug it out a little bit. Uh, security comes down. They beat up security. And then uh, William fucking Regal shows up. And uh, You mean Steven Regal? <laughs> This got a fucking reaction from the crowd. I was shocked, bro. I did yeah. not know. I don't think any of anyone, they kept this under wraps very fucking good because this shit was not getting reported in the dirty sheets, period, bro. No. No. I think it was reported that, that Regal was, like, going to sign with AEW. Oh, I never um, saw it, so. Yeah. I think it was reported that that was his plan, but... Right. No, no, I don't think anybody had it reported that he had signed and was showing up. So good Freaking on him. Crazy, man. I mean, and he got a pop, man. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I was happy too, man. I was like, damn, that's a huge signing, man. I mean, WWE, your loss is AEW's gain because hopefully we get William Regal being like a talent relations guy. You know what I mean? And is the, the guy to actually hire some more vanilla midgets in AEW. If you could completely get rid of the Tony Khan character and just have William Regal play that part, that would be fantastic. Well, we possibly could be getting that. I mean, I'm hearing murmurs that he could be a general manager in AEW. Sweet. I don't even really like the whole general manager thing anymore, but William Regal is fucking golden no matter what you get him to do. As long as he stays away from the fucking drugs, William Regal is... <laughs> That's what they said. <laughs> a wonderful fucking person to have around uh, yeah just stick to your lizards 
William, I'm just saying, because he loves reptiles. Uh, cool. Well, he's he an avid out... reptile collector, actually, as a matter of fact. Very cool. Well, he's also a collector of violent professional wrestlers. Absolutely. Because he comes out, he slaps John Moxley, and he slaps uh, Brian Danielson, and he makes them shake hands at, to a thunderous yes chant. Absolutely. Um, and this was something that I was saying to, to, to you, like with this whole build was, you know, they're trying to do the whole, like Dan, you know, Daniel, Brian, Brian Danielson, uh, <laughs> is, is a, is a bad guy. Cause he wants to be you know, with <sighs> Moxley, so but stupid, though, the, way the they've crowd been... is like, yes, please. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but, but I don't know whose fault this is, but I don't like, like Daniel ugh, fucking Brian Danielson. I feel like he pick, picks and chooses every week if he's going to be the face or the heel, man. And sometimes he'll he'll go both sides in the same night. You know what I mean? And I'll kind but that's of, not him. I I don't think that's him making. I hope decision. not because I it's feel kind like of that's silly. somebody backstage who doesn't know what the fuck to do with him. <laughs> well, they're idiots. Then I mean, seriously. Yeah, I feel like the big show is booking some of this shit sometimes. <sighs> Maybe that's why Warlow won with the punch, bro. Yeah, you'll go out and you'll 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 turn, and then Whoa. next week you'll turn again, and the the crowd won't see it coming, and then at the pay per view you'll turn again. Yeah, I mean that does sound a lot like the Big Show. We're easy, by the way. <laughs> but anyway, uh, yeah, uh, uh, I'm look, I'm enjoying watching these guys no matter what every week on my screen. Yeah, but I'm just nitpicking. I just. I just like shit to be done, you know, with a bit of organization, shall I say? Uh, you know, you know what I mean. That's what, consistency, right? That's the right word. That's the better word. I just want a bit of consistency, bro. That's yep. all. But every week and every other week, we've got different fucking shit going on. You know what I mean? And yep. it just leaves me kind of like, huh? No, exactly, man. And I've been saying the way that you properly book professional wrestling is with some consistency. This has been my number one gripe about basically everything that they do wrong on AEW. It's like Pac should be a way bigger deal than he is. Oh, God. He's there, he's... and then oh. he's gone. He's thundering he's all the way. There, yeah. And then he's gone, and then he's there, and then he's gone. It's like there's no consistency whatsoever. And he's with... lost his heat completely. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, the crowd barely reacts when he They don't give a there. fuck anymore, bro. In fact, you know what Brian Danielson said this past week on a podcast? I can't remember which one. He said, if my son or daughter were to become professional wrestlers, I would tell them not to model themselves off me. I would tell them to model themselves off Pac because not only is he that good, but he's just a master of his craft. And that's a big compliment to Pac, man. Huge and, compliment. Yeah, huge compliment. And what do we get? We got... Pirate pack. Hi, hi. My captain. Dark, darkly packed. And, darkly and... packed. Or pack black. Yep. Black pack. Black and, pack. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, yeah. And red pack. and, and Red pack, the blue pack, of pack. Red arrows. Black arrows. He's Robin Hood, bro. He's Mighty Robin Mouse. Pack. Oh, yes. He's Mighty Mouse. Mighty Pack. Uh, really or Dumbo nasty. Pack. 
be- truly awful. Um, awful. Mox and Danielson with Regal as a manager. <clears throat> yes, please. It's like JJ Regal, bro. Instead of JJ Dillon, we got JJ Regal. Yeah. But like, I'll, I'll definitely Lordship. take this tag team. No, no, like, I'm fucking around. I absolutely would take this tag team. But now, does this mean that uh, Danielson now is a babyface again, though? I don't know. I feel like they're. I feel like they're pushing the. T- they, the way that they would push the two of them is just violent for the sake of violence. Okay, um, but you know what doesn't make sense to me? You've got. Let's be honest, all right. Moxley ain't no Brian Danielson, all right, in terms of in ring skill. No. Why does it really make sense for Moxley to be part of this sort of tandem, when just say he, they recruit Claudio Costagnoli? aka Cesaro into this little faction right wouldn't Moxie be the sort of the odd one out I mean yeah, he definitely would that might be a really interesting way to book this that right. might be a really interesting way to book this you might want to do a thing where uh you know Danielson and Mox they're together for a while uh they clearly have to work out their differences etc maybe you even have them win the title and then lose the title um and then you have uh, Claudio come in and start teaming with uh, with Danielson, um, and then you have Mox start to sort of feel like you know the odd man out. Yeah, know? absolutely. That might be a good way to book it. Absolutely. And then Regal fucking turns because let's face it, just say you had them in the crew, you've got all these ring technicians. Even if you add Garcia, say right, still he's pretty good in the ring, right? What the fuck is Moxley? A backyard garbage wrestler? Like, I'm not saying he's garbage. He's not. But the perception, right, compared to Danielson and shit, he's just yeah. a freaking backyard, hardcore type of wrestler. Whereas everyone else is a ring technician. You know what I'm saying? And I could just see no, all of them absolutely. turning on him, right, to the point where you make Moxley into a big monster baby face after that, where everyone's behind him, and you make Regal, Danielson... Costagnoli and Garcia say into Monster Hills. Yeah. No, I like it. I like it. That's a cool way to book. I think that would be a great, uh, I think that would be a great story. Right. It's not hard, TK. I mean, come on, man. (laughs) Hopefully we are going that way, but we'll see. Here we are, you and me, just booking stuff way better than TK. Doesn't take much brain power. We're we're (laughs) not the bookers of the year somehow. (laughs) We should mostly, be, damn it. Mostly it's because we're not paying the magazine that does the Booker of the Year oh, awards $70,000 right. a year. Wow. Eat a dick, Dave. Just saying. <laughs> Eat a giant dick, Dave. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I right. don't like NXT2 because there's too much pornography. Fuck <laughs> oh, off, Jesus Christ. Oh, well, I guess he loves cocks and toast in the mornings, bro. Honestly, bro, like lift some more weights and shut the fuck up. <laughs> well, that's what I'm <clears throat> right. Okay, well, next up here, we've got uh, completely useless and uh, like what I a took, waste of fucking time. I'm going to put my hand up. I took a shit during this match. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> the the AHFO versus <laughs> Sammy Sting and Darby. Uh, yeah, there's a home video before the match where Darby flies a minivan into a trailer <laughs> at the uh mm. at the funeral for the AHFO guys. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Um <laughs> plenty of plunder 
crap violence for its own sake. Uh, there's no, there's no tagging in and out in this match. Everybody's legal at all, at all time. Um, eventually both of the private party member guys get involved because it's a no DQ. So why wouldn't the AHFO just come out together? Like eventually Booker, but Booker and Blade Butcher, <laughs> that would be a way cooler tag team. Booker and Blade. Um, eventually Butcher and Blade come out uh... to get involved. But why didn't they just come out to begin with if it's a no disqualification match? Maybe they're busy butchering some animals to make some meat or something. I I, I don't know. That's an interesting theory. <laughs> um, yeah, there's a Spanish fly off of one of the entrance things through a table that takes out Sammy and Isaiah. Um, then 61-year-old Sting splashes through <laughs> some tables with Andrade. Isn't he 62-year-old Sting turning 63? I believe. Fuck, he's old. Uh, he's old. And get this, Chris. Did you know a little my fun dad fact? Is 63. Like my right. dad. Yeah, my mum is younger. So, but, but I just want to point out that Sting, yes, that's right. Sting, like Tony would love to say, mm. he's actually older than, <clears throat> excuse me, he's actually older than Undertaker. And Undertaker ain't no more in, in the world of professional wrestling. That should tell you something. It should. It should tell you a lot. <laughs> um, Darby wins over Hardy with the coffin drop. And uh, yeah, this was just an excuse to have Sting go through a table. That was crazy though, dude. I caught that while taking a dump looking at my phone. Not going to lie. And I was like, it's Sting! <laughs> it was like, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, 62, 63, whatever the fuck he is. I mean, someone's got to put a stop to these guys, man. He's an old ass grandpa going through his goth face. It's uh... he's getting more riskier every pay per view, man. I thought he couldn't really wrestle anymore, but yet now we're getting him to dive from God knows where onto tables that he set up. I could have sworn he never did this shit in WCW. I don't remember him doing that. Well, I mean, at one point he did get set on fire by Vampiro, I guess. But, oh, but that's not fucking doing what Sting did tonight, bro. Come on. Yeah, I don't know. If you asked me, do you want to get set on fire or jump <laughs> through a table? I'd be like, show me the table. <laughs> I'll say, show me the fire. You ain't set me on fire, motherfucker. <laughs> Unlike Cody, he wasn't wearing any protective freaking clothing, you spastic. But anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Cody but, is so fucking lame. Bad. But anyway, I, there's nothing more to really talk about this match other than I had a good dump. Yeah, cool. I'm glad. Uh, you I'm glad to. relief. <laughs> I'm very glad. <laughs> All right. So it's main event time. Yay. So um, let's just go over this. So after we've seen uh, chair shots, belt shots, um, no cells, we've seen um, table spots with 61-year-old mans. Yep. We've seen 300-pound um, dinosaurs doing flips and super kicks. Chick. We've seen... Um, just all manner of ridiculousness, uh, blood everywhere. Check, check, check. Now we're going to get the main event where two guys who don't quite weigh 200 pounds are fighting for the world championship. And I've, all I have to say after you said all that, all I need to say is up and Adam. Up and Adam. <laughs> Did you catch the fans, bro? What the old Chani? This was hilarious, yes. dude. Yes, let's go, Adam. Adam sucks. <laughs> yeah, how funny was that? Adam. How good was that? 
<laughs> and then, I, then they're all chanting fucking, um, oh, what was it, man? This is Adam. Yes. <laughs> Something like that. Oh, chanting, this is Adam. Adam sucked. Let's go, Adam. Oh, man. No, instead of this is wrestling, it was this is Adam. Oh, like, yeah. That was the... Florida wrestling fans. Hey, man. Credit to the Florida fucking wrestling community because at least they popped me and at least they came up with something original because I'll be honest with you, Chris. If I was there, I'd be laughing my ass off, one. Two, I actually wouldn't have come up with that shit. That's pretty fucking good. It's uh, it's pretty clever. I got to give it to to the Florida wrestling fans. They do come up with good chance. They're kind of like the uh, the Winnipeg crowd for the NHL. And I'm not huh. just saying that because I'm from Winnipeg. The Winnipeg crowd are fucking hilarious with the with the chance that they come up with. Um, for instance, you, you know who Alex Ovechkin and Sidney Crosby Absolutely, are? Absolutely, right? of course. Okay, so anytime Sid so anytime Sid is in town, the crowd chant Ovi's better, Adam. Um, <laughs> and anytime Ovi's in shout in in uh, in town, the ch- the crowd chants Sid's better. <laughs> Just to fucking get to him. <laughs> oh, it's it's wonderful. I so I was at a I was at a uh, a playoff game one year, and um they shelled the goalie from the other team. Like they, he gave up five goals in the first. Wow. Shit. Yeah. Um, and I think it was Anderson and who they shelled. So he's out. So he's out, he's sitting on the bench and the other guy comes in, he makes a save. And right away you hear the child, you you hear the crowd chant. We want Anderson. We want Anderson. We want Anderson. Because, like, he was so good to us. He let in four goals right away. Put him back in the fucking net. Just awful, awful crowds. In, oh, in, dude. In Winnipeg. Yeah. Well, um, I'll be honest. I was embarrassed for the wrestlers, though, while they were doing this shit, bro. Because if you saw the look on their faces right before the bell rang, they looked disgusted, bro. Both Hangman and Adam Cole. Yeah. Well, it's hard. I mean, what are you going to do? The crowd's got to entertain themselves. Let's um, go, Adam. Adam sucks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the way that they were basically playing this match was that Paige is the bigger, stronger man, which, of course, he is. Because Adam Cole is the size of my daughter. <laughs> um, he's also fatter than my daughter. <laughs> um, and he's got a fatter yeah. ass than your daughter, dude. Jeez. He does. So Adam Cole was was trying to play the quicker guy, um, trying to take advantage when he could, etc. Um, yeah, this was an Adam Cole match. You saw all of Adam Cole's Adam Coleage um, <laughs> as he Adam Cole'd it up in the middle of the Adam Cole. I mean, um, was it Adam Cole on the pole? At one point, there was a there was a uh, they did the spot that he always does. I mean. They did the spot that he always does is literally mm. the entire fucking match. <laughs> but, um, you know, there was the the uh, the upside down super kick in the middle of a, oh. of a backflip. There was the uh, typical was, like typical. There was the jumping insiguri where he very clearly jumps up and slaps himself on <laughs> yeah. the leg while he's doing the insiguri. It was the running knee with his knee pads down numerous occasions. Yes. Um, it was just dumb. Uh, Not to mention super kicks while being cuffed with a belt, that is, to the rope and no selling it. No selling, no selling. There was a no sell punt kick, uh, no sell elbow shot, no (laughs) sell insiguri uh, section. And no sell super kick 
followed by a no sell, another super kick. Yeah, just no. Just what the fuck, guys? Stop doing that. Red Dragon come down to distract Paige. Uh, Cole lands a Panama Sunrise on the floor, um, which people should have bid for, but <laughs> nobody did. Now, imagine if we had had a pay-per-view where everybody just had like a regular match and we had gotten like maybe one or two false finishes. Can you imagine mm-hmm. how the crowd would have reacted to that Panama Sunrise on the floor? Absolutely. They would be chanting, this is Adam. Yeah. It would have got a fucking pop. Instead, everybody was just like, oh, now he's going to kick out. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. That's what that would do. Sure enough. <laughs> and sure enough, they did. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, boy. Yeah. All right. So um, the Dark Order come out to, to oh, chase. Ruin the match right here. That was it. Done. Once they, they came out, all was done too, back. bro. Uh, Page no sells everything, including multiple super kicks uh, that he just uh, turns around and does a spinning uh, elbow shot for. It's like, oh, I got kicked in the face. Now I've powered up so I can do my spinning elbow shot. And then he missed. And then he took another super kick and he went, now I've powered up and I can hit my spinning elbow shot. Fuck, man. Yeah. This match was I know people are going to say, oh, what a great match. It wasn't. It was bad. <laughs> this is what happens when you get two fucking indie fucking darlings that book their own fucking match. Yep. That's what you get. Yep. It's, it's that. <laughs> no sales. That's what this pay-per-view should have been called. No sales. No sales. <laughs> yeah. That's so, it. So anyway, he lands a buckshot eventually. Um Cole kicks out because, of course, he does. One finisher is not a finisher. It's Adam, not really a finisher. Adam Cole, baby. Absolutely. By the way, just um, talk to Scott Hall about what mm-hmm. a finisher is, please. Because, fuck, it's supposed to finish a match. That's why it's called a finisher. Yeah. Um, so Paige ties up Cole. He lands a few more super kicks. Uh, literally three straight super kicks while Cole was tied to the to the ropes. It'll and say then, dumb. And then he went to hit him with another super kick, but this time Cole countered with his own super kick because he wasn't really hurt after three super kicks against the ropes. Of course and then, not. Chris, and on. then instead of turning it around with more offense, uh, Adam Cole, after landing the super kick, turned around and got hit with another super kick. <laughs> and then he got hit with the lower the boom, which is his own move, and then another buckshot lariat for the win. Um, I'm not kidding, Jimmy, when I tell you that I saw the end of this match and I thought, okay, now Bray Wyatt better come out. I was getting that impression too, bro. I swear, I'm glad you brought that up because I felt that way too, man. All I was thinking was he got the whole world in his hands. Even the fireflies were out, bro. Could it be the end? That was my thought. Could could you really end the fucking pay-per-view on this note? I was bitterly disappointed that we got nothing. I didn't give a shit about the match. I knew he was going to win anyway. This match really had no heat, to be fair. I mean, everyone was chanting, this is Adam. And one thing we knew for sure, Adam was winning tonight. Adam was definitely winning. And he did with a buckshot (laughs) lariat after a lower the boom. 
So yep. that should give you absolutely no clear as no clear indication as to who won this match because Adam hit the lower the boom and then the buckshot lariat <laughs> for the win. Up and at them. Up and at him. <laughs> yeah, that sums it up. I mean, I think the fans stole the main event, really. Honestly. I mean, seriously. Much. This is Adam made me laugh. I, like, that was great, bro. I was buzzing out. I was like, are they really fucking chanting? This is Adam. And Adam sucks. <laughs> let's go, Adam. Yeah, Up let's go, Adam. Adam. Adam sucks. That was funny. <laughs> Man, it was brilliant, man. So hats off to the fucking Florida fan base, in particular in Orlando. See, I'm wearing the magic jersey right now because it's, it's magic in Florida, bro. Yeah. Um, if only Shaquille O'Neal hadn't left. Oh, what, well, I've got the Tracy McGrady jersey. Not the penny. Not the penny, but the Tracy McGrady. Right on. T-Mac. Right on. Just like well, we had Adams. The, the Adams, um, yeah. So this was a fine pay per view, I guess. Like I, I don't know. I like I did like uh, the Punk match again. I feel like they're going to do something else to really pay it off, and I feel like they should. Um, I I really really enjoyed uh, Danielson and Moxley, and I knew I would. Like I knew I was gonna like that match because. Brian Danielson. Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't care. You could actually have Brian Danielson wrestle a blow up doll, and I would probably enjoy it. Well, Kenny um, did. <laughs> so I know. <laughs> I know. Um, I know. <laughs> I'm aware. He's done some very interesting things in professional wrestling. Very interesting things, even outside of professional wrestling, but we won't go there. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you say? It's gay? Lots of, lots of gay stuff. <laughs> anyway. Not judging it. I'm just... He I'm was not, happy. I'm not judging it. I'm just saying... Kenny's my boy, bro. Come on. I love Kenny Omega, just for the record. Not that way, no. but like, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what way is he your <laughs> Not boy? that way. Is he not your that boy way. the same way that... No, no, uh, no, no. No, no. Just, that... just a great professional wrestler. That type of... My the boy. Kenji Muto is his boy, or whatever the fuck that guy's name is, who does no, the no, gold no. with him. You're talking about the golden shower man himself, Kota Ibushi. Oh, yeah, yeah that guy, <laughs> right. Uh, Sushi Ibushi. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, here we go. The race Olympics are back, folks. <laughs> I win. <laughs> you do. Um, it's a blowout, actually. I win because wogs are disqualified. <laughs> oh, <laughs> now he's definitely won it. Definitely one. Yeah. <laughs> Hail Hams. <laughs> Sorry. Every, everybody in Australia is like, you can't say that. And everybody else uh, in the world is like, what the fuck is a wog? Well, that's all right. Because you know what? They would probably laugh at you saying that because you're Canadian. They'd be like, oh, my God, he knows wog. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So they'd probably take it as like, that's okay, man. He's Canadian. <laughs> no, it's true. If people say fucking A around Canadians, like everyone reacts by being like, yeah, yeah, awesome. fucking A. <laughs> a? Fucking A. Oh, <laughs> uh, dude. Greatest <laughs> moment in sporting history was the 2006 Olympics um, when we won gold in overtime. and Against the States, a, wasn't it? Yes. And there was a close up of uh, Wayne Gretzky, who was like the general manager of the team. Wayne Jetsky? Um, 
Wayne Gretzky. Oh, Gretzky. Right, right. (laughs) Yeah. He was the general manager of the team for the Olympics. And he's such a nice, like, you know. I've heard he's an egomaniac, bro. I've read some stories. But the way that he comes off is like, he's just this very clean cut. Like, he's. Ego all all over it, man. Even that he's clean cut shit, man. He's full of himself, Chris. Come on. Yeah, but he comes across as just like the most clean cut, honest, nice Canadian boy ever, right? And so after we won the the Olympics, um, they did a quick like cut to him in like the in like the 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 stadium box that he was in or whatever, and you just see like the nicest like most clean cut Canadian guy ever just going, fucking a. <laughs> <laughs> it was like yeah, yeah. That's well, insane. that went out the window really fast. I mean, geez. <laughs> well, shout out to Wayne Gretzky, probably the best ever. Well, actually, he is. The best ever hockey player in history, easily by yeah, far. Yeah, no, he's the Bret Hart of, of professional hockey. But he's we do have the we do have the Russians that are right up there too. I think, dude. I know not what you're speaking of. Oh, that's there right. Sorry, Russians. the Ukrainians now. They're Ukrainian. Yeah, <laughs> Slava Ukraini. Slava um, Ukraini. No, but Sputnik. really, um, there's lots of Russian people who I love, and I have. I, I'm not gonna. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to take that tack that a lot of people have. Oh, Ukraine, Ukraine. Yeah, Slava Ukraini. Um, <laughs> Slava really, Ukraini. honestly, though, Slava Ukraini. Like, I hope that <laughs> For they, real. I hope that they beat the shit out of what's that, what about uh, over what's going I on. I beat the shit out of Ruski. But there's a lot of <laughs> I hate everyone who's Russia right now. I know. It's so like fucking stupid, bro. I, actually, we'll just touch up on that just before we call it a night. Um, is it fair on the Russian people that they're getting all this shit given to them? No. I mean, it's not. And this is what I don't understand about the Western world as well. Let's punish fucking Putin, but more importantly, let's freaking punish the people. That's not fair, in my opinion. Heck, WB even freaking punished the Russians. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the IIHF, the International Hockey uh, Federation, suspended all Russian teams and Belarusian teams. Wow. Um, including they were supposed to uh, house the uh, world junior championships next year. And they've been canceled from it. Um, I understand when they do things like that against official Russian right, uh, right. Know, situations, but yeah, there's a lot of like regular ass people in St. Petersburg right now who are going, why is bread $16? Oh shit. Yeah. So shout out not only to the Ukrainians, but to the Rus, Russians out there. Our prayers are with you. Hopefully, I hear there's a ceasefire now, though, though Chris. So hopefully, Putin and I'm I'm not talking about Putin in Canada, the the food. I'm talking about Vladimir Putin, <laughs> the president. What does that sound familiar? <laughs> anyway, it just every time every time somebody says his name, though, I just think that like we're talking about uh, French fries uh, covered in cheese gravy? and gravy. Yeah, and Putin. Also, yeah, but when they say Vladimir in front of it, I just think that like we're having that with vodka. I... <laughs> That's a good one. I'd like to have a Vladimir with Putin. Yeah, I'd like, I'd like to have a Vladimir Putin, please. <clears throat> I dare you, bro. I dare you to do that, man, right now. Like, I dare you to go and get some Putin and say, yes, can I please have a Vladimir Putin? <laughs> <laughs> uh all right well anyway yeah that was the show 
Um, so, uh, Jimmy, tell the people where they can find you and uh, <laughs> talk to you. And Well, you can find me at VladimirPutin.com. No, no. <laughs> yeah, no, you can find me at DJ Mass Effects and at the PWC Network on Twitter. But more importantly, Chris, we got to have our listeners like and subscribe at the PWCNetwork.podme.com where you can find all our shows, including this one. And Chris, I think that covers it from my end. Tell them where they can find you. You can find me. I am uh, at Christopher Ams at 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 Christopher Ams one uh, on on Twitter. You can find me on Facebook too. Just look for my beautifully uh, red bearded face. Um, look for me in the smallest uh, area you can possibly find. Uh, the middle of absolute fucking nowhere in Canada. <laughs> Shoutouts to my Canadian brothers and sisters. Shout out. Slava Ukraini. Slava Ukraini. And, uh, and uh, yeah, we'll talk to you guys later. Thanks for listening. Slava Ukraini. Ciao. <laughs> the revelation brings a revolution